All right, here we go. Our first game in our series. I can't wait. Let's get right into it. We start off with our heroes meeting their first encounter with a horde of beastmen. And then the intrigue begins as they make their way through the Dracul. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We're two game masters who just can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we start our actual adventure, Blood and Betrayal. Oh, it's gonna be good, guys. It's gonna be good. Yeah, so we're not gonna go through all the characters because we already did that. Well, just a quick reminder of the situation we're in. So we're in Untergard. Mm -hmm. We have our different characters. We have Diedrich, who's at, when we start, is uh, in the temple, a uh, little temple of Sigmar in Untergard, talking to Father Pietar. So we had some uh, role play there to define a little bit of the characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then, uh, they were was, kind of exchanging information about different scrolls and books. Uh, Diedrich being kind of a scholarly scholarly mm -hmm. type, so he would have naturally found himself there. Uh, we also had... Uh, and there was the thing where uh, you brought a letter, right, to, yes, to the to, captain. To captain. So that Schreiler. was kind of... We established that, that he was important in the defense of Untergaard that happened before. And then uh, there's... You're gonna... I was going to talk about Ungrim. So Ungrim, yep. the, the Dwarven Slayer, who had just fought in the battle that we previously mentioned. He's he's healing up in the kind of, I guess, the Medic's Bay, if you can call it that, yep. of, of Untergard, being healed by our other hero, Randald. Yep. So they had a, a little chat there too, uh, talking about the last couple of days or, or weeks uh, that they spent together. Uh, Granny Mosher is usually there to help Randall, but she's not there right now. And um, Otis, our other player, is at the marketplace a bit behind, so he's more separate. Uh, he's still a loner, right? He uh, starts a bit like that, so a bit, a bit far off. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, the town, from what I could remember, was, was kind of in a good mood at this point. They've mm -hmm. just fought off what was kind of an unrealistic fight for them to have won. Um, they fought off some beastmen, and the town is in good spirits. The marketplace is kind of full of full of vendors and things, or as many as there could be, kind of in this wartime. Mm -hmm. um, and that, as the heroes are interacting with one another, they hear the bells ringing in the marketplace. Yeah, bell calling everybody to the Archiplaz, the center space, to have basically a, a meeting where uh, Captain Schreiler has a multiple crates of, uh, of goods and he uh, gets up on one of them and does a, a motivational speech saying uh, how the, the city was able to defend uh, against the, the, the horde of beastmen and how Count Todbringer, the leader of the whole region, the Count, uh, sent them um, food, uh, wine to celebrate their victory. Something that would have been quite rare, I, I would presume, in, the, in this kind of situation. And the, the villagers and the heroes are all, you know, very excited to hear this good news. I think Ungrim said something about the wine, of course, being yeah. excited. Wouldn't be as good as dwarven beer, but it'll have to do. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. Yeah. And as, as the Captain Schreiter has one bottle of wine, is like everybody's celebrating, the bottle of wine just bursts uh and you hear a shot from across the bridge 
And this kind of scares the townsfolk, you know, yeah. they're here getting this, this motivational speech saying that everything is gone and the danger has been put aside. But yet there's a surprise attack kind of coming from an unknown source. Uh, Diedrich takes this opportunity to quickly run up to a high, I think he runs up the top of, um, of a fountain, right? He mm -hmm. runs up to the top of a fountain, pulls out a looking glass, kind of like a small telescope, and looks across the way to see what he can see. And lo and behold, there are more beastmen kind of straggling about the wreckage of what happened in the first battle. So he kind of alerts the, the, the town's guard and tells people, maybe shouldn't have screamed out loud that there were beastmen attacking, maybe that caused <laughs> a little bit of panic there. But uh, the, the town's guard start to prepare. Yeah, uh, Umgrim is there and also notices that uh, with the bang they heard, there was arrows now coming their ways and it hit uh, Captain Schreiler, who is the closest to the end of the bridge. So Captain Schreiler gets uh, wounded. So the guards come to pick him up and Umgrim seeing that comes into kind of a rage and just like starts running on the bridge, seeing that the beastmen are now coming, uh, sending some minions uh, to attack, probably to get some food. Mm -hmm. uh, the beastmen don't look super strong. Um, they figure out that this is probably leftovers from the actual army. So they're, they're not that strong, they seem desperate. And then we've got the rest of our heroes. You've got the town guards setting up and you have Randall who cocks his bow and I think he sends Hackerel up into the air to kind of scout a little bit as well. Yeah, what happened is uh, they hear uh, Granny Mosher screaming about a missing orphan, Friedrich, mm. who's gone missing. So Randall, being uh, like really kind-hearted and wanting to take care of the orphan first, sends Hackerel to try to find him. Hackerel being his his, I guess, eagle. I'm not sure for, the, for those who are new, he's a hawk yeah. um, who he's trained. Yes, so, and then he helps uh, to heal, well, he goes to Captain Schreiler trying to stabilize him as they move him uh, away from the battle. So Randall is there as a support to start with. Mm -hmm. And then once Captain Schreiler is secured, he reluctant, reluctant, reluctantly, reluctantly <laughs> um, takes his bow against the beastmen because even though, like, he knows they're bad, but he uh, he doesn't like killing stuff, even mm -hmm. if... It's evil, especially at this point. He hasn't done it a lot. And while all of this is going on, our good friend Otis is <laughs> uh, busy doing something else. So he's, like uh, Chris mentioned, he wasn't in the Archiplaz. He was actually in a different part of, of Untergard. And he hears the ruckus, he hears the bell ringing, but being the, the loner type that he is, is reluctant to head to the town square. Yeah, he's like, that doesn't concern me. Um, but when he starts to hear people shouting about beastmen and danger lurking about, he decides that the best thing to do is to equip himself <laughs> in some form of armor. Yes. Now, he's not not the most armor-friendly type of build. But he's very crafty. Yeah, so he decides to grab what is around him, which ends up being a mattress, and he kind of burrito rolls himself <laughs> using belts and springs and coils and has a mattress wrapped around himself because, you know, that's the best way to defend yourself against yeah, yeah. attacking beasts. So in terms of 
turns as Diedrich was trying to help the guards to like tell them like you should go defend. Omgrim is at the middle of the bridge fighting off like three or four of these beastmen. Otis <laughs> is wrapping himself in a mattress. And because uh, he was like, my my armor is not good enough. I yeah, need, I need yeah. to be bulkier. So it takes a while. He finally gets out of the room and uh, kind of- By the time he's out, I'd say the battle's done, really. Yeah, pretty much almost <laughs> done. He like got maybe one shot in uh, with a crossbow, I think, or something like that. Um, so at this point, after Ungrim kind of dispatched of most of them and, and we did what we needed to do, uh, the, the town was a little bit in shock, but we were able to recuperate. You know, Randall gathered people, brought them to the, to the medical quarters. Um, Diedrich kind of helped calm down frightened villagers and townsfolk. And we worked our way to Captain Schreiler to make sure that he was okay. Um, at, at this point, it was kind of safe to assume that all the danger was gone. We would think, you know, the attack, the first attack was done, the second attack was done. But there was more. That's when Hans Bomer, uh, Randall's father, came in. He wasn't there in the battle, he wasn't there. He, he had left for a couple of days. Uh, normally he goes to hunt and he comes back with bad news. He's says, I've seen an army of beastmen coming. So not the one we just fought, like an actual other army coming through, uh, coming from the east. And everybody starts panicking again. Like I thought we were done. I thought this was behind us. Mm -hmm. And then Hans Bohr is just like, we need to leave. There's no surviving this one. Yeah. Um, so at this point, kind of reluctantly, some of the individuals of the of the town of Untergard start packing their bags, packing what little carts they have, and the players too. They're you know the heroes are a little bit unsure. Should we be leaving? Should we be trying to defend? But Hans Bomer kind of very quickly indicates that it's a fool's errand to try to stay here, yeah. and we'd most certainly die. There was some citizen who were like, I'm not leaving my home, I'm staying there, we defended it, we we'll, can do it again. But I, I think like logically it would, there was no way, like a hundred people cannot defend, even if it's mm -hmm. a narrow bridge, it, it's impossible. So everyone's got their, their carts and belongings gathered and the, the party of heroes along with the, the villagers of Untergard start working their way through the main gates, across the bridge, and into the desolate landscape that's ahead of them. Uh, they, you know, the world has been ravaged, the empire has been ravaged by beastmen, and this news doesn't only devastate them emotionally, but it clearly had a very significant impact on the, on the landscape and the, the fields and the farms and the lands surrounding their route towards Middenheim. Yeah, normally there's ward, uh, road warden, there's uh, some little shacks uh, every couple kilometers uh, to secure the roads. Mm -hmm. Everything's abandoned. There's nothing there. So it's a bit concerning because you never know if something comes out of the forest, you're like, there was not a lot of fighter left. Right? No, yeah. Most of the people that were traveling were, were sick, elderly, uh, women, children, very few soldiers left. Mm -hmm those who were left were, were hurt. Yeah, even considering this, everything went well. 
for a little while. Uh, on the second day, they reached uh, Grimmenhagen, um, another city comparable to Untergard. Mm -hmm. um, but weirdly enough, um, the the leader, I think it was Hans Bomer leading uh, the whole village, just went around the city trying to not go through. But the city was still standing in a similar state of mm -hmm. an Untergard. So it was kind of weird. So the, the, the heroes asked around a little bit like, why? why we, yeah, like, why why aren't we going here? We should warn the people of of Grimmenhagen of the, mm -hmm. the incoming beastmen that Hans Bomer warned us about. Yeah, and they learn they learned that the reason they go around is because there's a bad blood between the two cities, two neighborhoods, neighboring cities, because uh, like there's a rivalry. Mm -hmm. um, one comes from basically uh, Untergard was built after people from Grimmenhagen weren't happy with the leader and left. So there was kind of, there's, there's still a, a lot of history there. So they're just like, we're not dealing with them. We're just going around. And, and you could really feel that kind of uh, resentment when the heroes and some individuals from Untergard walked through Grimmenhagen. As we entered through the town gate, a lot of people kind of would look at us with, with shady, shady eyes and kind of suspicious glances. But we didn't let that bother us. We, we continued our trek through Grimmenhagen to find whoever we could find that was in kind of a leadership and position of authority to tell them about the incoming beastmen. Yeah, and they, they, they learned that the actual leader of the city is nowhere to be found. He's secure in some faraway tower. He's not there with his people. The person in charge is the bailiff. So they talk to him and they, they tell him something's coming up we're not telling you what to do but here's what we know you should probably leave mm -hmm. and i think you were trying to convince them to leave with you and you were like we're not gonna follow people from untergard go ahead we'll leave like we'll pack everything and we'll leave before the end of the day or like in the afternoon or something mm -hmm. like that and they were for the most part grateful you know yeah. in, in times of war sometimes you have to set aside these silly rivalries. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it turned out to be a positive interaction, although a few slide comments might have been made. Mm -hmm. um, but we let that slide and, and we continued on our route towards Middenheim, the stronghold of the North, I suppose yep. you call it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, so that was pretty much the second day. Uh, night came. During the night, uh, most people had their like sleeping bags like their um bedrolls bed yeah not um, really tense there weren't really much there weren't a supplies. lot uh there were two carts one was just for the orphans and granny mosher and there was another cart for maybe the more the elderly mm -hmm. something like the that sick yeah yeah the wounded. um but during the night they hear uh the orphan start to to, to cry mm -hmm. about like granny mosher is nowhere to be found and with this news immediately Randall and Otis kind of perk up, you know, mm -hmm. th this is someone who's very dear to them and to have her go missing in what's essentially not a war zone, but soon to be, mm -hmm. they start to panic. They start asking around, they start asking some of the children, where did she go? Did you see her? At this point, she's been gone for far too long and it's starting to get worrisome for everyone involved. Uh, so Randall, Otis and the rest of the heroes kind of start trying to track her down. And as they walk through the woods in the dark, they, they do hear a group of people 
they hear the voice of Granny in surprise and they see bows ready to shoot at Granny. Is this maybe an ambush? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we move into the second half of our campaign diaries. And, and above us is my poor sick baby, six months old and she's coughing up a storm, poor thing. So if you hear that, just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, so uh, in this section, we'll ask ourselves questions about the game. Um, and something we're gonna do is, this section is gonna be spoilerful. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh, we're not removing any information. There's some stuff that we're gonna talk about what's happening behind the scenes. So if you're there only to go to see the, the adventure as it goes along and all the reveals, then you should probably not listen to that part. But yeah, basically from here to the end of the video, I would skip. But if you're here and you're a game master and you're excited to learn what goes on behind the curtain and you don't mind having the story spoiled, I would encourage you to stay. Yeah, we're not gonna say that every time. So that's a spoiler uh, section of it. So one thing that's a big spoiler is the fact that uh, Deidre's character is, we said he's a messenger, but he's actually a blue wizard. Yeah, so uh, magic in, the, in this world is kind of frowned upon, especially in the North. Well, mm -hmm. you're kind of viewed as you know, being someone who controls these mysterious forces, there's always myths and stories about wizards that kind of go crazy. They kind of go into the dark side of magic. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of most of what Northerners in the Empire know about. They only hear the bad stuff. So Yeah, they, they, they still pay respect, but they are very wary and they kind of don't want to deal with you and stuff like that. Well, in general. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at this point, Diedrich is hiding the fact that he is a wizard. Um, From everyone, including yeah. all the other players. The players, the characters did not know, but the players did not know either. At this point, nobody knows except me and Matt. So we're, uh, so the question I have is, how did you like it? How, what was your experience hiding, not only your backstory, but mm -hmm. also your level of power during a combat where it could have been useful shooting lightning out of your hands. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it could have been. Um, I thought it was so cool. I mean, I, it's, it's maybe the typical answer, but having these kinds of secrets from other players is always nice, makes you feel special as a player. Um, and it also added like this neat challenge to myself. I, I kind of wanted to see like, how far could I go? How, how long could I keep this secret? Um, and how can I still make myself look useful? Useful enough to have been a character, you know? Like, yeah. I, I didn't want the other players to be like, why is he so useless? Why is he, like, sure he's a scholar, but he has no, like, no skills. And I remember even writing on my player character sheet, like, I didn't have things referring to wizards. No, because at one point, one of the other players were like, oh, what's your thing? And then grab the yeah, sheet. Yeah. And you were like, don't grab my sheet, but good thing you, you yeah, did like, right. Even my like core concepts about who I was, I didn't have anything. Refer I, it was something like, is a messenger here to deliver important news or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, so, so I was kind of having this double, double challenge to myself. One, keeping the secret and two, trying to make myself look 
realistic and 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 actually play this character who's who's a messenger and would have perks and things that would make him useful kind of moving forward and i think i did a pretty good job yeah and uh we tried together to um make sometimes you would take actions and you might maybe write something on the side when the players are not looking mm -hmm. to tell me what you were actually trying to do because some of the stuff can be done kind of secretly and i could give you information and stuff like that that the other players did not necessarily know mm -hmm. and but always always on the low key because you weren't like we didn't want other players the other ones to know no and i think at the end of this game nobody no, had just, no, a no. single maybe at, inkling where we're at in the story you maybe tried something once not even uh it'll come up more and more mm -hmm. but um yeah i was i really enjoyed that and one of the thing i think i told you when i give you the pitch is a bit like you said it's like let's try let's try to hold it for a, a little while, not just like, I don't want to do a, a reveal at the end of one game, right? No, it no, needs it to, be... to be a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do have to admit that I did feel kind of useless in yeah. combat. Um, That's the price. But yeah. not as useless as Otis. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he kind of covered for me. He was doing useless stuff. So, you know what? It was perfectly acceptable for me to also kind of be less important yeah, yeah, yeah. you you did i remember you shot a crossbow and it missed horribly yeah i think so well at least you shot a crossbow yeah. <laughs> and you uh you helped the guards you like re uh you like yeah, grouped up the cards together tactics or whatever yeah, yeah yeah like a leadership check or something like that mm -hmm. and that proved useful it was a bit later in the combat but it still proved useful where otis i, I don't know and by the way we still make fun of him because of that like yeah. it's been a while and we're like yeah go wrap yourself on a mattress and i also have a question prepared uh, for you chris mm -hmm. and it's kind of related to this decision where you had hans bomer come and tell us to leave Untergard. Mm -hmm. um when that happened i was curious and i'm still kind of curious to know if you had like a plan b in case we basically didn't listen to him like if, if we chose to rally a resistance and stay in Untergard, were we just all gonna die or was there kind of like a plan B basically to this? Yeah, um, so two things I must say about that. The first one is before the game, I told my players, this is the first game, it's a new system, it's your new players. I'm gonna be a bit more railroady than mm -hmm. I usually am. They, they didn't know me as a game master, so I told them, don't go against the current kind of deal so i did not prepare a not uh, a, an option where you would not go to Middenheim. um i did consider it mm -hmm. i was like let's say you go to somewhere else then i'm gonna improvise it because there's no way i'm gonna like i still have some events for on the road so i would have reused some of that but i did not know where you were going, it's too vague, right? I give them yeah. one option. So I would improvise the rest and that's where you need to be okay to improvise. Uh, but I felt because I was giving the railroad, it would probably be okay. Um, if you'd stayed, I think I gave a good impression that staying was a bad idea, but I did give NPCs, like it was not like every NPC was like, you should leave. Some yeah, of the NPC some of were them actually- were, And that's kind of what made me think like, it might be an it option. might be viable because mm -hmm. some of the npcs were were kind of fervently against leaving mm -hmm. this is their home so i 
usually if I'm game mastering something and I do that, it's because it's an avenue that could be explored. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering. Maybe. For me, it was more about um, if you can actually listen to everybody. Mm -hmm. Like if there's the old hag being like, nobody should stay and defend our home. If you're like, well, that's an option. Well, later in the camp, like, I think at this point, you know yeah, that yeah. the way I, I game master, if this would happen, you'd be like, no, I'm not listening to you. At this point, it wasn't clear. Uh -huh. uh, but I think because the Captain Schreiler, Hans Bomer, the, the leaders were mm -hmm. saying, yeah, we're leaving. And they were, you were, you didn't have authority to say to the whole village or city, we're mm -hmm. staying. That's right. True. They, they were leaving. It was whether we were coming with them or not. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. And if you didn't, well, it would have been, I would have improvised something. Yeah. But sure. I don't, I don't think there was basically any chance of that happening again, because I kind of prepped the game and I think that's okay to do sometimes being mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be railroady, especially at the beginning of the campaign. We just started in your campaign and I had a similar feeling, yeah, right? You were like, you know what? Be. First game we're starting. We want to get stuff done. There's a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, like we need to get story elements just to start mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a good, a good railroad game at the beginning is, I, I feel it's a good way to start. So that's what we did. And until we reached Middenheim, it was, it was pretty railroady. So also maybe just to make sure, uh, we're complete in our information. We stopped there, but that was a weekend game. So weekend that was, longer, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I think the game was maybe five to six hours. So that's it two hour, three, two hour and yeah, a half, maybe a game, uh, where we, where we stopped here. So that's not where we stop in the actual game. We reached Middenheim by the end of the game. So, mm -hmm. so we'll get to that one in, in, in the next episode. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that that covers up most of, most of it. So thank you very much for, for listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, these spoilers and I hope you're enjoying the story. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to like showing off what we did. I think oh it's yeah. Great. It's, it's going to be great. All right, so I think that's everything, Chris. That's all, Matt. Let's call it a chat.